Well, now, <laughs> here's an exciting new twist on a well-loved <laughs> format. Uh, for you, it's Monday morning. Yeah. But for us, it's an appropriate time to be drunk. Yes. Monday morning would be a bad time to hear this, probably. Yeah. In fact, we're recording this on Monday morning. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Date Fight Tonight! We're drunk. We've been drinking. there welcome to day fight holding it together i can yes. do this it's the podcast where we take great moments from history and we pitch them against each other uh, he's jake yep i am nat tapley and together we have stolen the two last loo rolls from history and are flagrantly wiping our minds with it in front of you and throwing it away we don't need it we stopped up ages ago because of brexit so if you didn't think about that take a look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself some serious questions do you care about your family we'll find out do you say so you ran out of toilet paper <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh, it's so gone messy. Toilet paper. Yes. What would be your fallback? Oh, uh, the Waitrose Weekend magazine, which is sitting right in front of me. Easy. <laughs> I've got forty years worth of private eye sitting somewhere. Where there's no problem here. There's no shortage here. Just wash it. <laughs> Round one. Let's go to... I'm going to take you to the 9th of March, 1841, when the United States Supreme Court ruled that the slaves on the Amistad had been taken illegally. And yes, I'm doing slaves again. Oh, I'm so now. Thanks very much. Date fight voters consistently go, slaves are not as important as slightly mild developments in educational policy in England in the mid-1960s. No, I don't care what you think. I'm going back to slaves. Nat, I think slaves are Nat, you won. Yes. Get over it. You've won every week except for, what, two? Well, I mean, those were draws, technically. Oh, July the 2nd, wow. 1839, the slaves on the Amistad, a schooner out of Cuba, uh, revolted. They threw the crew overboard, they took over the ship, and they sailed it up the east coast of America to New York, New York where they anchored a mile off Long Island and then tried to get provisions. Uh, slavery had been illegal in Spain for many years, and so they pretended that they weren't doing slavery, just they were moving slaves around Cuba. But there were no new slaves, just the old slaves we had in Cuba were just sort of moving those around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lieutenant Thomas Gedney then took them all into custody and he took them to Connecticut, uh, where slavery was technically legal because it was had gradual abolition in Connecticut, despite the fact that it was in New England... It hadn't abolished it straight off. It had just said, well, when all the slaves die, then it'll gradually be abolished. So there was still technically slavery there. So we took them there and went, uh, I've just found this ship full of slaves. They're mine. <laughs> and the slaves said, no, this no, you're from, not. <laughs> no, this is not the way. <laughs> that's not the way anything works. Um, so John Quincy Adams, who had been president, argued for them in the Supreme Court, saying that they weren't slaves. They were free people, as slave Spain didn't have slavery, and Connecticut had no new slavery, and they arrived in a ship which they owned, and they weren't pirates. Then there was no reason to treat them as anything but the owners of a ship, and the Supreme Court agreed. And the Amistad was owned as the property of the Africans who had brought it themselves to America, legally. Well, that's, that's, that's a very uplifting story. Isn't it, though? Well, I'm glad I was drunk while I told it. Yeah, but you feel really good about yourself. 
I mean, that would be overstating the case, knowing the inner turmoil <laughs> that rages <laughs> and drains me of all energy and hope every night. It's all coming out. Uh, I'm taking you to March the 9th, 1776. Nice. You say that drunk. <laughs> and Adam Smith, the Scottish economist and philosopher, hey? publishes The Wealth of Nations. Right. My favourite book. Well, I mean, I'm guessing you know all about this because you know everything about everything. Mm -hmm. You're almost as good as Stephen Fry now. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's weird. It's almost like I don't have a team of nine researchers doing it for me, though. Yeah, it's almost as if I'm not looking down at a little monitor all the time. Nope, it's right here. I've got the world researching for me. Absolutely. (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) Uh, the wealth of nations is the 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 cornerstone mm. of economic thinking. Free market philosophy, yes, that's right. Um, people have compared it to Sir Isaac Newton's mathematical. Oh uh, yes, yeah. For physics, Antoine Lavoisier or Charles Darwin's on species. It's that important. And it influenced people like Karl Marx and William Pitt, if you don't mind. The Prime Minister said of it uh, a few years later, uh, uh, an author of our own... T- how, where was William Pitt from? You'll know this. Pitt, I don't know, England, Trump. Lincolnshire somewhere. I was born in Hayes in Kent. Uh. I grew up near there. So he talks like this. <laughs> an author of our own times now, unfortunately no more. <laughs> I mean, the author of a celebrated treatise on the wealth of nations, whose extensive... This is authentic, Nat. Please don't undermine it. (laughs) Whose extensive knowledge of detail and depth of philosophical research will, I believe, (laughs) furnish the best solution to every question connected with the history of commerce or the systems of political economy. Thank you. (laughs) That's always the way I've imagined it. I shall now go back inside number 10. That's the cornerstone of all Western thinking for the last 200 years. It probably wins. Um, Thank you for summarising my round for me. Happy birthday to Ernesto Miranda, who confessed without his rights to the rape and kidnap of Louise and Jameson. But the Miranda rights is why they're called the Miranda rights. Why you now have to read the rights to all the people you arrest, because he confessed without his rights having been read to him. And that's bad. Happy birthday to... Oh, it's Neil Hamilton. Oh, yes. Happy birthday to funny Neil Hamilton and his funny wife who went on a neo-fascist speaking tour in the late 1960s to speak to neo-fascist groups in Italy and then goosed it round the Bundestag, the Reichstag. Yes, happy, happy blooming birthday to you, Neil Hamilton, you absolute parasite. He gave a speech to the Springbok Club in front of an apartheid flag. Happy birthday to you, Neil Hamilton. And I'm not going to say many happy returns. Few happy returns to you. Happy birthday to Sashi Tharoor, the Indian MP and Undersecretary of the General of the United Nations, who wrote a good book about the British Empire in India. Happy birthday to you. Death days. Let's do the death days. Happy death day to the most sextacular minister of war, John Profumo. He was a member of the Bullingdon Club. He was a member of the Cliveden set. And he spent his time having an affair with 19-year-old Christine Keeler. And if you are a cabinet minister having an affair with a 19-year-old, have a look at yourself. Really? 
happy death day too to the creator of crabby voiced death scooters the daleks it's terry nation <laughs> happy death day to granny d doris haddock who walked for campaign finance reform all across the continental united states of america when she was 88 years old until she was 90 in april 2000 she reached the end of her march and read the declaration of independence on the steps of the capitol and was arrested for it well done granny d doris haddock you're an inspiration to us all or would be if your name weren't haddock that's the birthdays and death days. Oh, come on. Yeah. This is hard. I nearly finished my drink. Okay, hang on. Let's speed up then. Are you... You're not that drunk, though, because you're quite a capable... Drinker. You know, you're a capable drinker. Yeah. I have had a pint of... <laughs> yep. All right. Mm. Sleep on the keyboard. Naughty. Right. I sound like what's his name? You know that um correspondent who's always on Newsnight? Uh, with vocal fry. Who's got he's got a sort of slightly boyish Ooh. sort of look and he does this slightly demure sort of looking at you slightly askance. And I, I can always this is foundless. This is not based on any information. <laughs> I always imagine him in, in a pub sort of looking at you like oh. <laughs> yeah, but you're a bit, you're a bit naughty, aren't you? You're a bit of rough. You're Ooh. a bit naughty. Oh, here we go. I, uh, to me specifically, <laughs> saying it to me. I'm going to take you to m- m- March the ninth, yes, 1961. Ooh, that's a new one. Uh, well, it's not. It's old. It's like well, it's, yeah. It's it's at least twenty years old. <laughs> It's, I can't do the maths, and the launch of Sputnik 4. Ooh. Its uh, full name is Corabel Sputnik 4. Now, this was paving the way for human space flight. Uh, mm. We did what we always do when we want to make sure that something's safe for humans. Think of the Falklands and the sheep. Stick some animals in it. So yeah. <laughs> they launched... Uh, a mannequin of a human, a dog called Jarnushka, some mice and a guinea pig. The thinking being that if yeah. it was proved that space was not survivable, mm-hmm. uh, you would at least have the basis for a very hearty stew. <laughs> anyway. What what purpose did the mannequin, sir? We're sending up a mannequin into space. Why? That's just, just a, that's a serving suggestion. I <laughs> lost a bet to him. <laughs> Do you think maybe they covered it in wax <laughs> yeah. so that they could see where the mannequin had either bonked <laughs> something and the wax had come off, or if it was really hot, the max would, wax, max would all welt off. I Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Well. Anyway, it did a single orbit of the Earth mm-hmm. and then landed back in the USSR. How were the guinea pigs? And was recovered. Uh, the mannequin, the purpose, you asked about the purpose of the mannequin. Well, it yeah. was ejected from the spacecraft in a test of the ejection seat. <laughs> By the guinea pigs. <laughs> yeah, he's thought, I've had enough yeah. of you. <laughs> the conversation's terrible. Get oh, me. It's the worst. Um and it's descended and out with its own parachute. That's it. It's and I tell you why this I is. I tell you why point. this should win against whatever mm-hmm. worthy nonsense you've got <laughs> coming up. Because surely the single historically greatest achievement for a species is to escape its own environment. Mm. 
and achieve life in a, it's like the equivalent of the first fish to crawl on land it's a massive thing you should vote for it because i'm so tired of doing this song is, isn't that isn't the difference though that being able to escape the environment is one thing but getting to another environment where you can survive is the important thing so hovering around in space isn't going to do as much good. It's like if the person, the fish went to land oh, and then had to go back to the water that, for 10 you seconds obviously don't to have know more water. anything about evolution and how it works, right? <laughs> so these first, like, people like Yuri Gagarin, right? Yeah. You breed him yeah. with someone else who's been in space and there's a little <laughs> bit of space in his baby, right? Then you take Yuri Gagarin's baby, put him in space for a little bit longer, yeah. breed him with another spaceman, and they're getting a little bit more spacey each time <laughs> until we can just live in space. <laughs> I'm such a fool. I'm because gonna... <laughs> Yuri Gagarin's got, like, gena- gelatinous semen. It's a family podcast. It remains that's a, fi- that's a an okay podcast. thing to say. There's nothing wrong with that. Of course it is. Of course it is. I'm of not saying they should... Breed, they should actually they should breed in space <laughs> with it floating around that doesn't matter globules yeah. that's my whole thing. the lunar globule <laughs> gonna take you to the 9th of march <laughs> 1009 i win no you don't because you think space is important but you know what else is important no go on what is it the first mention of lithuania <laughs> <laughs> No one had ever no heard of Lithuania. No disrespect to all of our listeners. They are an important importer of amber. They <laughs> defined the Teutonic Knights. Uh, they were the gateway to the Crimea. Lithuania was the biggest country in Europe at one point. You're the biggest country in Europe. <laughs> all right, fair enough. See you tomorrow. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've got nothing else to say about it. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, nothing that holds up. This was an interesting. Something you wouldn't. You, you can look around your house and you go. Actually, if it weren't for Lithuania, I wouldn't have any of this amber. <laughs> Does that include rud? Yeah. We are back. You can tell this is a full episode. We are back on form, back We're on in top, business. Listen, back in your ears. If you can think, of, I mean, a go online and vote, but also if you can give yes. any other fun riffs on our format that rhyme with the word <laughs> fight. Um, I wouldn't yeah. say date fight white because no, every episode's pretty white. Am yeah. I right, guys? Uh, let's let's have a go. Maybe one where we. Um, Date fight kite? Yeah, I was thinking like one over lunch, like date fight bite. Nice. Um, That's it. Those are the only ones. I mean, there are a couple of others that rhyme, but we won't. Yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, they're all that. <laughs> right, go online. Date flight? Yeah. No. <laughs> we are done. Drunk. Go and vote on the thing, all right? Yes. Uh, see, see you tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, and Patreon us for this, to do this more. Jesse. This is what we do with your Patreon money. (laughs) See you tomorrow. I just want to hold you once, Nat. (laughs) I know. (laughs) See you soon.